I know that wasn't an offensive statement, nah, dude, but what? with the other one, like in the context, that just sounded wrong. Droves of roaming. Forty days and forty nights they they traveled to get to me. That's not marching, marching into there, marching in. There was a puddle out front of where I work. I you're swear I watched fuck. one of them separate it left to right. You're a, you're a sick fuck. Okay, now definitely cut that shit off before we get to that. Just in case, seriously. <laughs> wait, 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 I was not... used to cut that shit off. Well, what do you one... suggest is the solution, Nas? Like, what is the final solution here? <laughs> you can't do that while I'm drinking beer. That hurts. <laughs> wait, seriously, I have to cut that shit off. <laughs> what maybe dude, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you dude just like there are people that do not have enough nuance to understand that and i'm telling you cut that shit like for sure cut, like listen to the very end of the thing and just like cut it <laughs> i'm crying a little bit though it's so I good i promise you give me the audio i'll put it in my comedy yeah. podcast <laughs> Jeez, All right. dude. All right, Ben, do you want to wrap <sighs> this shit up? Yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, <laughs> I can. Welcome to another episode of Progressive Rants. This is Ben. I'm here with Ian, Rory, and Nas. Nabil is out this week because uh, he hurt his back starting his brand new business. Uh, it's a cafe. I don't know the name of it, so I can't promote it, but you should go there. Um, been a little while <laughs> since the last time we all got together. Um, I can honestly say that uh, other than the stimulus and increased tensions with Iran, uh, there hasn't been a ton to talk about, um, but we're going to try to catch up all on it. So how's everybody doing? Oh, you know, not dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, people should know that uh, we, you know, we all got our $1,400 checks and have now quit our job. That's why we finally have time to, you know, yeah, do the yeah, podcast. Yeah. We're exactly what they warned you about. Yeah, I I turned it all into dollar bills and I feel even more rich now. There's so many of them, mm-hmm. fourteen hundred of them to be exact. <laughs> Mine's going Rory, to- Rory's in the early stages of toddler <laughs> development. <laughs> He's almost got object permanence down. The other day, yeah. my mom covered her eyes, and I didn't know where she went. It was really weird. I was like, "Where'd you go?" But, um, <laughs> but yeah, seriously though, it is, it is, uh, uh, it is definitely, I think, a relief uh, for tons of people as as not enough as it is. Um, you know, the stimulus is definitely, uh, uh, a really positive thing. Uh, there are some really good parts of it that I actually did think were worth mentioning. One of them being that, uh, if you lose your job from here until September, um, Cobra payments are going to be subsidized by the government. Uh, so you don't, you know, lose your health insurance and you're not going to have to be paying for Cobra, which is just one of the worst programs there is. Prohibitively Um, expensive. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely prohibitively expensive, and uh, it, that is definitely. I mean, there are still people losing their jobs, so it's a, it's definitely a really, um, you know, subsidizing Cobra is definitely a huge thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, also so, the unemployment, the $10,000 of unemployment insurance that's non-taxable is another huge thing, except for all the people who already filed their taxes and now have no idea what to do. Guilty. Mm-hmm. That's me. I already filed my taxes. Because See, here's what you do. Uh, you just wait. Yeah. Always on everything. And it always works out. Well, for me, I just wanted to get it out of the way. I was like, this is the sort of thing I forget about doing every year until suddenly it's like, hey, you got a week to do your taxes. And I'm like, shit. Uh, and I knew I'd already taken a small loss from my stocks from last year. So I didn't really have to worry about that coming through. Cause I was like, I don't, you know, it's not, it's going to be such a negligible amount anyways. I'm not too worried about like getting a return from that. And then, uh, I put my information in and then they were like, yeah, you're going to get $10,000. That's uh, it's not, I was like, great. I already owed a ton of money in two different state taxes. Uh, really strange because I filed for employment in New York. And since I moved to Vermont, they took some of that money too, which was really weird, but they did it. So I don't, yeah, you're right. I'm kind of in that spot. I have no idea. You probably got to works. file an amendment. Yes, I'm going to have to. Well, because I, I looked at it and I sat there and went, okay, well, what's the, the X percentage of 10,000 going to be? It's not a small amount. So I definitely. Well, and then once it. again, like the whole issue here is the only reason taxes are this fucking convoluted is because of the turbo tax and h&r block lobbies oh 100 keeping it complicated so that i mean the government has all this information right yeah, like if you, it it wrong, if, they, yeah. if you do it they wrong if they if you do it wrong they come after you yeah they can send you a bill so just fucking do it for us yeah. yeah i would say that the way to reform that would be is they like exactly what we're talking about the government sends you the information they go is this correct and then if you need to make adjustments based on deductibles or whatever it has happens yeah. to be you do it and then you go, well, this is my amended tax return. And then they check that over. And if there's something wrong with it, then then you get audited Dude, or whatever. The point hear is. me out. Hear me yeah. out. A nine, nine, nine plan. It makes sense. Stay with R. me. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, man, it, like the, the entire system is so fucking crazy that even when people wa- like want to pay them, like if you're paying like a serious like small business tax bill, uh even then they make you wait like so long to try to get someone on the phone to do it like i was at work the other day with my father-in-law and he uh, he has to file like quarterly taxes with it and his accountant occasionally like misses stuff and he he had to pay like his business owed like something like 40k on taxes and he was like calling that he 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 had to be on hold with the irs for three hours to give them 40 grand that's, that's yeah. a, normally that's the only sort of customer service that you ever can get on the phone is people that you actually want to fucking pay your bill for. But like the IRS, even, even when you're going to pay them makes it difficult to like get in touch with them. Like it's, it's such an insane, insane government organization. Well, it's no mystery to us, man, that the government at, in its current instance works for you more. If you happen to have more money, that's just the way it is. If you can afford to hire a, a tax lawyer to do this stuff for you, they can figure it out for you. They can find the little loopholes in the system because they're so damn good at their job, right. but you have to be able to pay them. And if you can't pay them, then you got to do it yourself. You got to find someone not as good. So having millions and millions of dollars at your disposal in order to do just that one extra thing is very, very beneficial. That's why you have people like Donald Trump paying like 700 bucks in taxes is because he can hire someone who can sit there and go, okay, well, if you do these things, then you're not going to pay anything despite the fact that you're going to make millions of dollars this year. And that's the problem with the tax system is, again, it's the same problem with 
every system in this country is that it is disproportionately beneficial to a very small percentage of wealthy individuals. I hate to sound like Bernie Sanders. Maybe I'm spending too much time in Vermont, but the top 1% are really fucking us in the ass. And it just drives me crazy. I actually have a question. I, I, this is me being very naive talking, but I legit just now wondering that is like, I, I can always foresee like anytime tax season is there, it's just such a stress. It's like, oh, I got to go to find this account, uh, accountant to do it for me. It's like, when am I going to go? It's like, is it this like, did I do something wrong and blah, blah, blah. I just realized that this might not be normal. This might just be an American thing. It like, is. I it always is. just assume that everybody in the world fucking has to go through this every oh, no. year. I was no. like blown the fuck away when like, I found I, out I that like just, we're the only literally ones. like five minutes ago, like three minutes ago or something, <laughs> it hit me that people in other countries probably don't have to go through this. In no. a lot of the developed world, they have this stuff streamlined down to the fact that like citizenry will sign up for an app on their phone and they will get their tax documents on one day. And then at the end of the day, they've already filed it because it's as simple as going in, looking at it and then pressing the accept button. And it just sends it through again. It's super easy to do, but we've, we, we did what Americans do and we built an industry around it because somebody had to make a shit ton of money. Right. And like anything in America, it's so corrupt and and it's just become entirely bloated Mm -hmm. like the military, like, well, you've got insurance I mean, you, and everything. It's do you, about do insurance you know, companies. Do you know what we relied on before the federal income tax for like most of our federal revenue? I don't. Booze. I guess that makes sense. Oh, that's <laughs> why uh, there was a huge uh, t- like the the alcohol industry was like heavily heavily taxed, and so mm-hmm. part of what was so fucking crazy before the uh, part of what was so crazy before the prohibition era was. Mm-hmm. That like Anheuser Busch and like other large brewers accounted for like something like thirty or forty percent of like the American budget. Like it was like insane. That's pretty wild. And it was part of the reason that it, like there was like the lobbying involved with that they wanted to like pull some power away from that industry, so they created the federal income tax. Hmm. It was insane. The tax for the sake of tax. Yeah, I was yeah, blown didn't, away. It didn't when exist I found out. until basically the Civil War. It's really interesting. I didn't know that. I guess I, I need to get up on my tax history. It's a very vivid and interesting part of American history. <laughs> you should just watch the Prohibition documentary that Ken Burns did. It's awesome. Oh, Ken Burns. American treasure, that one. Or just watch Boardwalk Empire on HBO. Or yeah, yeah that's watch, just watch fucking Steve Buscemi and you'll learn everything you need to know. Uh, uh, it's Buscemi, all right? He's He hates that. No, I don't <laughs> Shit, the Italian immigrant. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he hates it or not. Mm, boy, are you fat? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just wild to think. I mean, I would love to see some tax reform in this country where they make it easier. But the problem is, is it's like anything else. It's like trying to dismantle the insurance industry as it currently stands. You can't do it because there's billions and billions of dollars circulating into it. What happens when you cut off those revenue sources? To, uh, I mean, I'm not talking about the the people who are making the billion. I'm talking about the people on the bottom who are depending on that revenue stream as their source of livelihood. Some guy who's sitting there, and you know, he he went to school for it, and now, you know, he's 30 years down the road. In, in his whole identity, it revolves around tax law. Like, what do you say to these people when you go, "Hey, I know this is what you've done for your entire life, but..." 
taxes are kind of fucked up as they are, and we want to make this whole thing simple so people don't need you anymore. Like, what does that guy do? I get it. You don't not goes into this solar. shit. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, you better. I hope your your knees are good because you're going back into manual labor. Dude, literally, all you need to, all you ever need to see to like understand, like if we took as much of this money out of this as uh as much as these companies put in, like mm-hmm. a perfect example is how quickly the electronic cigarette industry got regulated. And it was because yeah. Juul and their their parent company and like other companies like them, they weren't fucking lubing up Congress the way that That's like a, a lot of other companies were. And look how quickly like other groups were able to lobby to be like, uh, no, we're going to fucking bring the hammer down on you guys. Well, especially because the tobacco lobby is such is so close with the United States government. <laughs> yeah, I think people underestimate like how much like tobacco groups still have power in Washington. I, I, lobbyists in general. Yeah. Let's be honest. Okay. When you're, when your annual salary is a six figure salary, that's pretty fucking great. But when someone from Marlboro shows up and says to you, Hey, let's have a lunch. And also it's going to pay you $120,000 just for this meeting. They're going to fucking do it. And you like, let's be honest. Everyone says, it goes, well, they don't have to listen to what the lobbyist says at the meeting. They don't have to do any of that stuff. Yeah. But if you want another meeting down the road, you better play fucking ball. or They're going to find another representative within the government to do their bidding. That's what lobbying is. I don't understand how everyone can sit here and go, well, it's just so that they can have their say. It's, it's, it's so transparent what's happening. I don't understand how lobbying still exists. I really don't see what the argument for it is. It exists because of lobbying. Well, yeah. But, uh, ouch. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. that's the devil's advocate, I guess. You'd be like, well, it exists because they No, I mean, they it, it exi- it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it exists because they brought it to the highest levels of power and then they created ultimate lobbying with well, Citizens I mean, you United. You know, it's man. like, yeah, dude. Well, and that's the problem in this country that's going to get worse unless we address it. We all like to sit and talk about the, the the action the government needs to take, but you can look at like things that like when Microsoft back in the day helped, you know, with their actions helped to end up defunding the IRS. Like there's tons of examples of when companies stick their hands into government and make things worse. And I don't understand how we still let that happen, I guess, at this point. I get it. It's billions and billions of dollars. But, uh, you know, both sides do it. It's the same thing we were talking about with Biden's cabinet picks. You know, he's he's sitting there and, uh, you know, he's putting uh, what company was his um, was the secretary of defense on. We talked about it last episode, but that that kind of example, we don't need to say like specificities, but it's that sort of thing where somebody can go from working at a company to working in government to working at a company to working into government and sort of interchange those two things as if, as if people don't understand the conflict of interest that is created by such actions. And that's where we're at. That's why things are not going to get corrupt arms deals and, and, And imperialism. I mean, it's just, it's too, it's all part of the same fucking Ouroboro. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how you solve that, I guess. You know, me, I'm, I'm sort of the doom and gloom pessimist here. Not to say that, I mean, you guys are obviously so peppy and cheery, but uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how you fix it. We, 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 we rail <clears throat> against billionaires all the time now in this society and everyone realizes Yitty. that you know <laughs> go back to that straight french revolution shit and, and uh, let's start chopping off some heads in minecraft in parody minecraft. <laughs> that'll solve it let's get tommy laren into minecraft so i can tell her some things yeah even though she's not in the government i just don't like her anyways 
what uh what else we got oh uh, well i i learned that specificity is actually a word i googled it it i can confirm yes specificity. i bet a lot of people listening I to this could have told watch. you that <laughs> yeah, you're a teacher so you don't get to talk. an english teacher yeah, and an english teacher though um, and the other one is I didn't I realize still, this was a debate. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. I honestly, I'm, my mind so blown at the fact that you know, like this probably is the only country in the world where like doing your taxes is like one of the most stressful things. It's like there is. It's just so terrible. It's, it's hilarious. Just, Why just is it take so it bad? Over. That and specificity. Nas, you jet lagged or something? You're worrying me over there, dude. It's so it's so terrible that they legitimately like send the people who like normally never go to jail for it, like celebrities. Like they sent Martha Stewart to jail. Like white people love Martha Stewart. Like that's how it's kind of weird. (laughs) You got to wonder how bad that had to be, where they were like, "It's so egregious, we can't not send you to jail, Martha. We can't not do it." Well, that was insider trading, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it was insider trading. It's I think there was a thing. Yeah. I mean, I've known people. Uh, when I when I was working in Boston, uh, I knew a guy who's who was at a previous company, and every single person he worked with went down for insider trading. Somehow he didn't. And working at my company, he's like, "You ratted on everybody. You ratted on everybody, didn't you?" But uh, then my company fired him, and he was gone. Good yeah, story. my dad's company, uh, <laughs> along with. 2008 happening and it turns out his business mm-hmm. partner hadn't paid employee taxes for years Ooh. unbeknownst to my dad <laughs> yep so that didn't okay. that it did not survive that one luckily the company is a person so you just blame them right 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 mm-hmm. i wonder if that dude went to jail it's really hard to make people go to jail for the actions of of what they do on behalf of a company. I mean, you look at like what Shell and, and other gas companies used to do all the time, still are doing, where they will break the law and go, oh, you got to pay that 100000 or that $100 million fine. And they sit there and they go, it's okay because we made $2.4 billion off of breaking the law. Well, yeah, the pharmaceutical so, industry. Well, that's like what's happening with Purdue right now. Yeah, Purdue Actually, gets fined pennies. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually looking into that earlier. And uh, did you I mean, the news as of today was officially that Purdue is going to be restructured. Um, that, really? That, yeah, that came through. I actually took some notes. So the company is going to be dissolved and turned into a company dedicated to programs designed to combat the opioid crisis, which sounds pretty great. But let's go ahead and talk about Purdue Pharma, of course, a little bit, because they're the company that makes Oxycontin for anyone who didn't know. And they're owned by a company called the Sackler. They're owned by a group of a family called the Sackler family. Like the Waltons have Walmart, the Sacklers da, ran Purdue. Da. So the Sacklers are personally paying about $4.2 billion to enact this plan, which sounds like kind of a thing of goodwill. And they also paid about $225 million in initial settlement to the Department of Justice because they were um, basically found guilty. And I believe they pleaded guilty to federal charges that the company had paid doctors to write more opioid prescriptions for their patients than they deemed necessary, obviously, in order to um, sell more pills. So they were ordered, the company, Purdue, not the Sackler family, was ordered to pay about $8 billion to settle this, which obviously the company didn't have. And then somehow they reached the agreement to instead just restructure. So the plan has obviously been heavily criticized for this fact because they're now just simply allowing Purdue Pharma to restructure as a different company, which sort of but sounds a la Blackwater or Standard Oil. Like when you say restructuring, like are they restructuring like 
from they're their becoming, leadership standpoint or like I didn't hear anything about that at all. And again, <laughs> this is Purdue being, you know, ran by the Sacklers who are putting that money back into this company to restructure it into a new company. Right. I sincerely doubt anyone's going to take the reins away from the Sackler family doing this because they're going to sit there and go, the restructuring <laughs> is their decision. They could have just dissolved the company and walked away, but they're trying to save their fucking image. Again, this 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 whole yeah, thing talks about like standard these- oil corrupt corrupt uh company mixing with government like you look at the fucking yes. sackler family that's <clears throat> textbook right there yeah dude, dude it wasn't even until i like really like learn you know now that we're kind of on a on a totally different area of the op- opioid epidemic mm-hmm. that i did not realize that like right up until like the early 2000s like it was not common to just like hand these things out like candy. Like I, I, right. I just like, like, thankfully thank you know, thank God I never like got into that. You know, I had a father with an injury who, who mm-hmm. was addicted to them for a long point in his life. Cause he had such a bad back injury. And like seeing that I never was tempted to try them, but like I knew so many fucking people in high school who did pills and I just thought oh, yeah, nothing yeah. of it. Like I thought nothing of it. And like looking back, I'm just like, Holy shit. Like so many fucking kids were on it pills. It was everywhere i mean i knew plenty of stories of guys who uh i one in particular was a was a guy i went to high school with and he ended up working in a construction and he just did what you're saying just one day he had something hit like twinge in his back real bad he had to go get surgeries and the result from that was them going you're gonna be on pills for the next year while it heals and you go through physical therapy but it's really painful so we're gonna put you on pills and then one day they just decided okay, your back's better. And they cut him off immediately. And so his result was just to go right on into buying it illegally. And then once that became too expensive, he went on to the cheaper stuff. He went right on to heroin. Yeah, but that's, and that's that's the vast majority uh-huh. of that's people. The story. That's the tale. And people that's what people don't realize is that these aren't just like people born junkies getting into this. Like these are, you know, no. this is your cousin and grandma yeah, who it's people got you hooked know. on these pills from doctors and then it just spirals out from there. Well, and people don't seem to understand how it goes from something like that to heroin. And it's very, very simple when a pill can cost you $40 for one of them, but a day's worth of heroin is going to cost you $8. It's just that simple. And it becomes that thing where you're sitting there going, okay, I've got a prescription plan and that prescription plan makes these pills cheap. But eventually I'm not going to have access to that and I'm going to have to get them illegally. And that's when the price becomes prohibitively expensive. And you can do that for a while, but especially when you're looking at these people who are most of the time out of work because of these injuries or because of these issues, that money isn't flowing the way it's supposed to. So they end up having to resort to other things. And when you resort from something like pills to heroin, you're going from something that was created to be regimented and is a very specific amount in that pill, which you're getting to taking an injection of heroin and you don't know how much you're getting or, or what, how good if it it's is, heroin. Or if it's heroin, if it's laced with fentanyl. And that's where we're starting to get into all these really, really serious issues where you're seeing this huge epidemic of overdoses in this country, especially as car fentanyl starts to come across. Um, you know, you as a person right now can very, very easily, I'm not saying do it, because it'd be really bad to do this, but you can go easily get yourself onto a pharmaceutical website in China and order yourself a thing of fentanyl and get it sent here to your house legally because fentanyl is nothing more than an elephant tranquilizer. Not a lot of people know that. And China mass produces shit and sometimes does not give a fuck where they're sending things as long as it's getting paid for. So you're getting these people who are muling in payback, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that is 
that, that is the ultimate fucking payback, man. Like it's like uh, I hadn't even thought of that, but holy shit! <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. They, we we deserved that one, I guess. Yeah, dude, the, the entire world deserved that one. Uh, it's just funny. I mean, to bring it all around, the Sackler family, you know, and to tie it back to our our sort of like big business runs government, the Sackler family has like a net worth of around thirteen billion dollars. So I find it patently disingenuous when they're like, "Well, we're going to restructure our company because we can't pay back the eight billion dollars to our victims," and instead, we're not going to pay that back, and we'll spend four point two billion dollars creating a new company to combat the crisis that we helped create. It seems patently disingenuous to me for them to profit off of both sides of this thing. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And our government has enabled them to do so. And it's kind of shameful. Kind of. <laughs> well, we really got off track of this stimulus. Yeah, you were talking about good um, news, right, Ben? <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about good <laughs> news. Gloom. Uh, so other, you know, I guess. People are going to spend their stimulus on heroin. All right. Yeah, on. so Sorry. there was a uh, there was a part of the stimulus that uh, threw, I think it was $25 billion, or no. It was, uh, I'm looking for the saving of, uh, entertainment and restaurants. Uh, and that, that was in there. And I think it was, uh, 25 billion. Um, you know, that, that being said, uh, or sorry, it was 15 billion allocated. Um, it's likely going to get exhausted rapidly. Uh, you know, there were, yeah, I mean, there were small business loans, but I mean, the effect of what's happened with restaurants is already, Mm -hmm. uh, being felt, um, far too little too late here well um, and let's be honest the stimulus that went to small businesses and, and businesses overall in in the previous uh, stimulus packages was fairly undirected and was rife with people basically manipulating the system in order didn't to fucking elon to musk tons take of it. cash <laughs> elon every big business company out there took tons of cash from the stimulus that they could because it let them hell i know people around here who so we're like, I, I'm going to basically use this stimulus to uh, purchase and renovate apartment buildings, which they did to the tune of zero cost at themselves. And now they have a revenue stream because they saw the loophole in the package and in the, the way it was set out. And they went, well, I can get $40,000 out of this thing. No problem. And in two years from now, I'll have this apartment building fully renovated and set up and I'll have tenants living there. And it's all been subsidized by the government because it's under the guise of us creating low income housing for people to live in. And then the people who can't afford that housing and it drives up the cost of rent and it exacerbates exactly. the problem we're in to begin with. Well, the irony of Speaking sitting of there, good news. You know, well, I mean, yeah. it's the irony of it where they're sitting there going, uh, you know, people aren't building these places from scratch. They're taking old crappy apartments that they can afford and then injecting fucking subsidy money, stimulus money into that building, which again, that's just gentrification. That's all it is. You're just driving out the people who used to live in that neighborhood who can now no longer afford the place because it's not crappy and run down. It's a depressing fact of reality that poor people live in poor conditions. But once you go in and fix that place up, unless you keep the price the same, you've priced them out, you asshole. You haven't done anybody anything good. (laughs) What a shock. I was looking at houses uh, last weekend and and everything was, you know, it wasn't every little fact sheet they gave you just talked about how much of an investment it is and how much you could Mm -hmm. rent it out for. Like it wasn't even under the guise of like possibly thinking like, oh, you you would live here Mm -hmm. because it's a house and that's that's what you do with houses. You you, you buy them and then you live in them. 
it was uh what what can this turnaround be in terms of profit one house it was uh pretty run down but it has uh they wouldn't even let you see the upstairs unit until you put in an offer an wow. accepted offer it's like you can't even see this house until you put in an offer yeah That's it's a, it's an absolutely insane market i mean like i saw uh i saw like a tiktok the other day and it was um a house selling like in a suburb outside of Boston. And this was not like one of the fancier houses. Like it, it was, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. And this house, this house was listed at $550,000. Uh, it was a two bedroom and it sold for 60 K above asking. That's not even 60 K above asking for, and it we're talking like, we're talking like a very, like what was normally like a middle-class down. Like I know Massachusetts real estate is expensive, but like the market is, is Mm -hmm. absurd. Well, and then in the past 10 years, it's, it's jumped up from like, you could buy a triple decker 10 years ago in Dorchester Mm -hmm. out on fucking dot Avcad for 300,000. And that's going for one and a half million now easily. Yeah. I mean, everyone's starting. I mean, especially major cities. They're they're seeing like sort of the San Francisco of it all. They're starting to see that. I mean, you go back to like 2010 in San Francisco, and they were selling earthquake shacks for half a million dollars. And if you don't know what those are, when you go out, I mean, California is all on a fault line. So back, you know, back in the day, you, you they had these buildings. They were these crappy things that were built out like adjacent to your home. So if there was an earthquake, you would run to it. And you would hide there because there's less of a chance of the building falling on top of you. And they were just these rinky dink, crappy little shacks, but now they're land in their space. So people are spending half a million dollars for the land underneath these things. They're tearing it down and they're building, they're building a house there. So you start by buying land for half a million dollars. Then you spend another God only knows how much putting a building up. And, uh, you know, those kind of crazy housing prices are bleeding all over the place. It's going to be interesting though, because as COVID, cross my fingers and please don't jinx me on this one but starts to wear down we're going to start seeing that influx of people coming back to cities and i think it's going to start to damage the housing market a little bit i think it's going to be less than it was though i think a lot of people are are settling and realizing Mm -hmm. they don't even want to live in the city i mean i'm moving out of here well there's a lot of people deciding that they can work remote and there's a lot of business owners out there that are are starting to acquiesce to the notion that their workers can work from home um it's not they don't have to afford these giant leases office spaces and office spaces yeah it's not even that surprising when you think about how no uh you know when you think about how i mean so much of you know these companies things is the profit motive and when they realize that they still sure. can have full control over people and still make money, you know, why well, I think it's too access. I think the way that the thing that makes me concerned about that dynamic and the sort of the change in, in sort of the office becoming the home is in the sense that I feel like a lot of business owners took advantage of the crisis and took advantage of people's need to stay and work. Oh, it's and some they, great reset shit. It's scary. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not even just that. It's they 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 went, okay, well, you're going to be working from home now. So because everybody's got to put in a little work so we can make things work, you're going to work an extra hour. You're going to be on the clock. 
business managers started to feel more comfortable, you know, shooting out a message on teams and expecting you to check it out at seven o'clock, despite the fact that when you're in the office, you were done at five, you went home, didn't touch any of that shit. Cause now you're at home and you're in the office and they expect that, Oh, well, you know what? He's going to take some of that work hours, quote unquote, and have some downtime in the middle. So I should feel more beholden to being able to hit him up and when it, I need something done. And, and you know what, what else is so dangerous about it is that this current, the, the way that this system is currently set up and that a lot of companies are going to keep is that it may makes it even harder for employees to have casual like communication and relationships with one another where they'll sure. do things like talk mm-hmm. about salary where they'll do things like talk about potentially organize it makes it makes like pushing down organizing oh, like a thousand times easier cuz every all of their communication with one another is monitored and they're sure. realizing yeah, that 100%. yeah Oh yeah. And and it's, it's fucking terrifying, man. I've barely, I mean, I am in a a union and all that, but, uh, the amount I've talked to my coworkers over the past year compared to otherwise, just even about like little things going on in the school. Um, it's way down. Right. Right. My entire, my real, I have, I have coworkers who I work with where like all I've known of them is zoom because we brought on a couple people like mid pandemic. Like I, I've never met them in person. I've got students that if they walked into my classroom tomorrow, I'd be like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, it's a concerning thing, too. You know, I uh, it, it'll be interesting because, you know, you, we can make guesses as to what the result of that will be in a year or two. But who knows, you know, and again, as things start to wind down with COVID cross my fingers, knock on wood, um, we're going to see how many of these businesses try to continue on with this, like letting people work at home model, whether or not. And here's the thing that I think is going to be, this is what I think is going to happen is the people who are going to get to stay at home are going to be the same people who would have been able to go home whenever they wanted before. And everybody else is going to have to deal with whatever the decision is. Oh, and is that, yeah. They're going right. to shove everybody else back hey. into the office because they want those teams to be able to work together. And I mean, I get it in certain situations like customer support. And, uh, you know, like I used to work in insurance and adjustment claims like that stuff just works a lot easier when instead of having to like go on teams and see if someone's available and wait for them to respond and get a conversation going and then contact the person that you need to tell the information to you can just walk over to their cubicle and ask them the question and walk back and tell the person in customer support so there are places where like they need that shit and i get that but that's also like a lack of imagination when it comes to the technology of communication because everyone's like Microsoft Teams because we didn't really have a lot of time to develop any of this stuff for a work at home environment. So that's the kind of stuff that like eventually another company will come out and just kick the shit out of Zoom and do it just they'll do it better. They'll do it better than Microsoft Teams. That'll be a whole shift. But the question is, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if because because what like, you know, what there's going to be is there's there's going to be some incredibly, especially in cities like incredibly enormous real estate developers who are going to have a lot of reasons to be like, we need to get these people like back in these, you know, back in these offices. And, and it's, it's like, they'll probably like, at least for commercial real estate, there's going to be some serious, serious lease incentives. Like the average worker is not going to benefit from this shit at all. But like companies, like companies are going to be offered like massive incentives to, to, to like move their operations back into an office because like, there's no way that these huge like skyscraper owners are just going to like, let these places sit vacant. They're not going to turn them all into fucking condos. Well, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see some renovation, some transition from commercial to residential properties in some of these buildings, you're going to have to see some of it. I got to imagine like Silverstein properties out of New York is probably bleeding 
these days. You know, they're probably dying. At least not, you know, they probably weren't at first, but like as companies started to walk away from their office spaces by being like, no, nope, that's it. You know, uh, y- you're sitting there with a fucking half a million dollars worth of floors in this you know, 50 story yeah. building in New York. What the fuck? And all it of it. It depends on the company though, because for a True. lot of these companies, they're, locked in, they're not, they're not locked in like residential where they're like year mm-hmm. by year. Like they're on That's like, they're on like five to 10 year leases most of the time. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but I mean, I'm sure they've lost yourself. some, but. Oh yeah. But then you got to ask yourself. And again, it was what we always say. Companies come down to that, that black line, you know, uh, uh, whether it incentivizes them to break their contracts is another question. You know, there's, are they, are they sitting there looking at the five, 10 year and going, you know, we're almost at the end of this and I don't want to bleed another year if we're not going to be using this office spaces when it costs so much, or if it's a big company and they sit there and go, this is nothing. It's literally nothing out of our, out of our, you know, profits. It really just depends. All right. Well, moving on to <laughs> nice uh, and depressing. Uh, yeah, nice and depressing. So I figured I'd move it on over to uh, some recent news. Uh, there was some intelligence reports out today that uh, Russia, Putin, Putin, everybody, he's back, bigger than ever, and he oh, is boy. interfering in our elections once again. Um, yeah. So. You know, uh, I was getting a lot of push from Adam Schiff. Uh, those of you who remember, uh, you know, one shifty of these like, like yeah, Schiff, 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 Shifty Schiff. Um, what, what was his other thing? He called him Little Adam Schiff. Was that it? I think so. Yeah, it was Little Adam Schiff. Because I, I guess he's God tier like nicknames. Yeah, God tier. Yeah, I miss. I fucking I do, miss him. I do miss his nicknames. His fucking. Nicknames. I fucking miss him, man. Um, <laughs> but uh. You know, but just it, you know, shift shift getting back on Russia. Um, uh, it's you know kind of remarkable because it, you know, and listen, I have no doubt that uh, you know, Russia probably did some sort of um, Mm -hmm. you know, online disinformation, whatever, but it's we still have actually yet to see any sort of statistical like evidence as to how much like Russian disinformation efforts actually affected 2016. Like there's, yeah, there's and like, and yeah, like no, sh- no shit. Everyone does yeah. that. We do yeah, that. It's like, we, yeah, we do this shit like all over the fucking world. And, and it's like, if, if all we, we do way worse, like, if all we do is fuck with people on Facebook, like that's about the nicest version of like mm-hmm. the U S and, you know, involving itself in other countries campaigns. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, there there also was some that apparently Iran uh, was doing mm-hmm. it as well. Um, yep. I haven't, I haven't, yeah, I haven't had a chance to read too much into it, but uh, I'm very hesitant to, I, I, the, the general trust in the intelligence community, at least for me, is at like an absolute all time low. Like I just, I just have no faith in them whatsoever. And, uh, and you know, here's so, the other thing. If I actually believed we had free and fair elections, maybe I'd give a shit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, we <laughs> saw this entire, like it just say, that the entire system was just like such a fucking sham. You know, the fact that this dude was so drastically unpopular and it just, it squeaked by fucking Mm. squeaked by, you know, that, that Biden beat this guy. Um, and, uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time getting too caught up in getting pissed off at Iran. Well, it's difficult to, I mean, to take it back a little bit, it's difficult again, like what Ian was saying, and to have faith in our intelligence community 
by the nature of what it is that they do, you know, a, right. a, a, a big percentage of it is is about subverting the public opinion and subverting public thought, be it home or abroad. So to sit there and have them tell you something and you're sitting there being like, OK, but what's the spin? Because like, again, yeah, you can't take anything they say at face value. Because well, think about it. Half the, the whole point, half of the point of the intelligence apparatus is doing things that the public doesn't need to know about in order to secure what security of the country, the greater good, protect to secure their funding. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what you what yeah. the rhetoric is, quote unquote. But the, the point behind what I'm saying is that there are plenty of things that go on that they're never going to tell us about. So when they decide to lift the curtain and tell us about something, the only thing you can sit there and consider is why. It's all there's Why always a political motive to yeah. it. Yeah. But I looked into it a little bit and let's think of what you're saying. Cuba, um, Venezuela, um, these guys, they try to affect our election. But again, in a world of social media, like it's hard to sit there and Did they go, mention well, Israel. I don't know if they mentioned Israel. I'm yeah. sure Israel probably did. It's not a shock. I think the thing that was most I don't interesting think either side would no. well, <laughs> sound I think that alarm. It's particularly interesting for me because Russia tried to disenfranchise Biden and Iran tried to disenfranchise Trump. And from what I read in the intelligence reports, they didn't really try to prop up the other person, the opposition. All they really tried to do was disenfranchise the person they didn't like. Even even, and, Ar even Iran wasn't riding with Biden. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's like that's the thing that's interesting about it. They didn't Shocker. want to buy enough. They just wanted to talk shit <laughs> yeah. about Trump. Even 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 Iran was like, listen, this guy sucks. But like the other guy, like it's Jesus like, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I found most interesting was they they were very very confident in the suggestion that China had the potential to interfere, but did not. And I I, I find that strange. I mean, I guess it, it comes down to a lot of maybe business contacts between the two of us that have developed over the past five years or something, maybe. But I think that's like it's it sounds overly simplified, doesn't it? Like uh, it, more or less, it's the idea of like them not wanting to be caught, maybe doing it. Uh, I don't I just I think don't know. That, I don't. I think, it's hard I to think, swallow is what I'm saying. I'm trying to find I the rationale. The I think the intelligence community is just going for some old hits, I think. I, I don't really know, but I, China, there hasn't been any like shortage of like bashing China in the past sure. few years. It's like, it's like, they're very much like Democrats, especially are very, very focused on, um, you know, starting a, a new cold war with China. Oh, that's oh. what's so fucking tough about the whole Uyghur situation mm -hmm. is, you know, I can't, you can't trust either source on that. Yeah, it, it's you really talk to like the the fucking tankies on Reddit, and they'll tell you that like, oh, you're just biased liberal media. There's nothing happening. No genocide. It's like okay, well, you're trusting China state media. Yeah, it's like there. <laughs> like, yeah, there is there is definitely like a fucking issue with the tankies, where it's like anytime you try to talk about like you know like suddenly you're being xenophobic China. It's like, dude, I realize that like we live in an absolute fucking shithole here but like <laughs> you need to recognize the like insane autocratic tendencies yeah. <laughs> like the Chinese two things can be on. simultaneously <laughs> bad okay two well, things can bad. be bad it's like also why do they spend so much time to like fucking defending a country that isn't even the kind of communism that they want like at all because like it's just it's i it's feel like so half of the reasons wrong. they don't get they don't know 
what they're talking about, I think is what it comes down to half the time, you know? And again, it's the same thing I, I criticize a lot of conservatives for where I sit there and I go, you don't know what communism is. Do you, you just yeah. use it as a hot button. It's just that, that gotcha thing you say, because you think it shuts people up. I, I love like, to make it. Communism. Communism. No, you're just yeah. repeating the CIA talking points, Rory. Yeah. That's the only, that's, that's yeah. the only <laughs> thing happening here. Like, I get it. I love to make, I love to make Mao landlord jokes, just like every other left. Oh, cause they're great. Like, yeah. These are, yeah, they are. They're funny. But like, come on, man! Like, I'm not like I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, China is definitely exactly what I want here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like everybody forgot about Hong Kong all of a sudden too. It's like that shit's still happening. Like this, America has like a really shitty track record for remembering things that are that are happening because they've been pushed out of our view. That shit's still all happening. China's still being shitty. They're still you know trying to contest land in in the South China Sea I and. Just I just don't see, I, I think, like, I guess what's just really difficult for me to visualize is, um, like, exactly, like, what kind of thing right now could happen that would kind of restore, like, the American public's faith. Because I feel, I, like, I feel like there's, like, one, I feel like there's, like, a generation that, like, was a little too late to, like, Vietnam and kind of, like, kind of, they just don't really remember much about it. And then, like, Iraq you know, really pulled the fucking veil off for them. Uh, and then there's, you know, our generation where uh, Afghanistan and Iraq just have totally just uh, given it, taken away any sort of trust we have in the, in like the intelligence community or the government. And I just can't, like, I, I just don't see, you know, like in after Vietnam, you know, they elected Carter because of how fucked up shit had gotten. And then right after that we got Reagan and it was like, and then it just turned into like this fucking chest bump of fucking whoop. Uh, jump right, meet in the middle, jump right, meet in the middle, jump right, meet in the middle. Um, but I, I, hate just don't, that that's I just can't visualize like where it's going to turn into like this next like nationalistic like thing that a bunch of people get on board with. I just don't know. Uh, a crisis, honestly, man, look what nine 11 did well, for unity. Well, look at what, look what we just got through. We're in the middle of a fucking crisis. We yeah. are at nine eleven a day numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, they it don't just, see it that I way because like, it wasn't a direct no. attack from somebody. Exactly, it wasn't, it wasn't just, boom, boom, explosion. Look at the terrorists. You you need something to point at. You need something that scares people. COVID didn't scare conservatives. Bush did COVID. <laughs> Great. I just don't. Obama like, did nine eleven. Do <laughs> like, do you see? like a kind of tragedy like that happening though, that would like get enough Americans like back on board with like, just like marching to war. I don't think uh, it could happen again. I don't think if we had nine 11 too, I think, I don't think, I think the large majority of people would say like, we saw what happened last time. We're not fucking doing this again. Yeah. I feel like it would just be, I mean, Hey, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I'm, these fucking assholes never fail to surprise me. So, I mean, it's, it's possible, but it's just, I, I mean, just don't, it's like, I, it's like we bring up nine 11 Rory, but it's like, mm-hmm. you got to remember that like America was coming off of, you know, a solid 20 years of just like, just like, reaganism clintonism like the 90s like uh, you know other than like you know the gulf war it's like you know and the how how long did the gulf war last you know like it, it just it just wasn't in people's minds 
you know? No, I, I think that's a good point. Huge too. economic growth. Like, it's just right now, like, it's like a, like a war started. I mean, people are so fucking worried about their personal situation. I just can't, I don't know. Well, and to that point, I think you you do have a point because, I mean, look at how quickly, again, um, 9-11 went from that to Osama bin Laden to somehow Iraq. Okay. They went from a terrorist attack where we didn't know who we did it. And even afterwards, we all know that it was, it was Saudi nationals mostly. Um, but we went to war with Iraq over this. Okay. So, so we had a government that was crafty enough to subvert public opinion into attacking a place that had absolutely nothing to fucking do with the thing we were all mad about. So to that end, I would agree with you in the sense that it would be, or even the thing they claimed that they were doing. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be a lot harder for us to do that nowadays because, again, half of the thing that helped them back in the day was that they were aided by the media in spinning this rhetoric. And now we've had the conservative party for years sitting there telling people to stop trusting the media, to tell everybody who's part of their base that these fuckers are lying to you and you shouldn't believe what they say. They are the establishment and they are the same people as the billionaires. And if you listen to them, you're just helping these people. Meanwhile, it's coming from the fucking government. So there's a bit of irony there that seems to be lost on so many people that pisses me off so much. But that's where we're at right now. I think to, to I guess the long answer is that, you know, I don't necessarily think that something like that is out of the question. I just think only half the country will believe it. Yeah, exactly. I just, it's the, I don't know. Uh, when I, when I hear people talk like cav in a, like a cavalier fashion about like going to war with Iran, I mean, it, it would mm-hmm. be, it, oh my it would God, be a it, would, it would be a nightmare. It would mm-hmm. be a fucking nightmare. It could be the end of our... it's like, it, what people don't, what people don't like understand is like, there isn't, like Iran is like aware of the fact that like if there was a war with us that it, at least like in like a conventional like war battlefield that they would stand no chance against the US military their entire like defensive formula is based around after that initial shock and awe yeah. just making it absolute hell for us every step of the way of like us trying to take over the the same way that we like took over Iraq and, well, and it's just, are you guys getting an echo? <laughs> yeah, and it's just, uh, and, and and it's just, it, it's so fucking gross to me. Like how many people you meet that just kind of think that because we're the U.S. military that it's just going to like happen. And it's going to be a successful. And it's just like it's like I just don't understand how you could have possibly seen what's happened over the past twenty years and even like, longer than that. that you know, I would yeah. say that also. Um, didn't they do that war game back in like two thousand? where the enemy was supposed to be Iran and then they had to change the rules halfway through cuz the red team was winning. <laughs> I didn't the, hear about that but that's pretty awesome. Uh I'll have to look it up but the, yeah, yeah. there was this big giant war game and it was like red versus blue and red was Iran um and blue was the US military and they were just getting absolutely destroyed so then they had to like change the rules where blue always knew where like red was red was and, and stuff like intelligence that. yeah exactly quote unquote. well it's funny because you look at the the way that like united like st- our military like 
I don't know what you would call it, like its modus operandi, I guess, has sort of shifted. I mean, when we were in World War II, to bring it way back, we had objective. We had a goal. We knew what we had to do. We're going to land here. We're going to push inland. We're going to work our way to Berlin. Oh, if we're on, we're on, you know, we're in the Pacific. We're going to work our way up. We're going to hop to these islands. We're going to take over strategic locations so that we can have refueling spots. So we can eventually work our way to Japan. We had very clear, definitive like recognition on behalf of the military of what needed to get done to be successful. Okay. Cut to uh, Vietnam where we're fighting a war of attrition. And what that basically means is it was a body count. We didn't have land we were trying to take in Vietnam. The whole thing was about trying to push back this particular force and kill as many of them as possible. Like they that's just what did it was. It. Well, in Vietnam, they just straight up didn't even know how to explain no. progress to people other than death like that was that yeah. like was what they were they so did. Like during, it was to yeah. submit it like was during, during the things they carried unit this is yeah. very relevant like during johnson's presidency like that was what like that was like the only thing he mm -hmm. knew how to tell people was like oh well like look at these reports like look at how many people were killing and it's just like okay yep. there's there's like there's nothing else that they're showing yeah, you know? look at on the ground, and there was nothing else that was happening. Doing. No, of course not. I mean, no. you would see reports. there was no territory gained. It was not that okay. kind of war. It wasn't. It was take the hill, kill everybody on the hill, destroy the encampment. Uh, if, there's a, if there's a local village around, you're going to go ahead and you're going to you're going to gain intel. Oh, I'm pretty from them, sure it's the anniversary of the Milai massacre, by the way, yeah. which often results really? in things like that. Yeah. Um. Um. Which was covered up on. by our uh, favorite anti-war hero, Colin Powell. Yeah. And then they would move on though. They would do, they would, yeah. they would go in, they would slaughter people. Sometimes again, you would burn a village, you would destroy their crops because you'd sit there and go, are you, are you feeding the enemy? It didn't necessarily matter. It didn't matter what they said. You were going to burn that shit anyways. You were going to take their food. You were going to shoot anyone who got in the way. And then you were going to leave. And guess what was going to happen? The Viet Cong were going to come in. They were going to reoccupy the area and they were going to reestablish their position every single time. So our military is still not built to deal with a guerrilla insurgency. We spent we are entirely vulnerable to that. We spent billions of dollars in Vietnam. Billions. We we dropped a hundred million pounds of bombs on the Ho Chi Minh Trail during Vietnam. And one week we would bomb the shit out of the road, and the next week the intel would come back and it was rebuilt. Okay. You look at some of the uh I can't remember what it was. There was I mean, one the next week particularly they'd be back, they'd be back yeah. like within the same within like a 12 hour period. It was incredibly fast. Yeah. I mean, there was, I believe, the the definitive battle that took France out of Vietnam was mm -hmm. when a military strategist uh on behalf of the Viet Cong army by hand and on foot moved artillery into the mountains and shelled the shit out of the French position, pretty much killing them to the man. Well, the French, the French, like put themselves like in this large valley. Yes, yes, they, <laughs> they like didn't they didn't realize that like the the Vietnamese were just like totally like surrounding them in the mountains. Like the French just got absolutely because they were destroyed. arrogant. They, they got absolutely there. fucking destroyed. They said, which is no, the same thing that happened with the Americans. If oh, I recall, yes. if I recall correctly, the like the the French commander who was like uh uh in charge of that during that battle, like he he like shot himself after that. Like it was that. Like it was that bad. Well, that, was he, that was back when military arrogance lost. They just were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Oh, they that honor. Now they just like amazing. You know, now they get jobs at Raytheon. Yes, that's the company <laughs> I was thinking of earlier. Raytheon. Um, Thank you. So yeah, so crazy. it's like I, sometimes you know, man. Sometimes I think that so, like so one of the huge problems of Vietnam is that there is a, a whole generation that kind of just doesn't 
talk about it. And, and it was very much like instilled into them that like Vietnam was just this war that you just, you just don't talk about. And they very much have like, they very much have kind of taken on this same attitude with the Iraq war where they just kind of like pretend it wasn't really there. Like Vietnam was just this thing that for a lot of our parents, if you grew up with like, you know, really liberal or leftist parents, like they obviously brought it up, but they're like, I knew a lot of kids who like Vietnam was mm-hmm. just this thing that their parents just didn't really talk about. Cause it's just want to learn about it. Like, go find it yourself. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I even remember like in school, like reading about it, it's like, they teach you that like, you know, Vietnam wasn't really a war we won, but it never explicitly says like, no, like we, we lost, lost the Vietnam yeah. war. Like, we I did lost, not learn that we lost know? the Vietnam war. Yeah. We, like, we I didn't lost even, spe- spectacularly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it's just, it, it, is there so and like if you're a person who like really doesn't care about learning about it like the average person will very much grow up thinking that like vietnam is kind of just this gray area thing that we never really won or lost and it, and it's just it like, just that's happened. insane to me like it's insane to me and and so many of those people like have that same attitude about like iraq and afghanistan mm-hmm. that it's just oh it's just this kind of thing we like got involved in and like you know, it was like not a good decision, but like, you know, like I really support the troops and it's like, oh my God, dude, what the fuck? It's like, look, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? You can support individuals, but at the same time, if you can't back the reason that they're doing something, then you can't necessarily actually support them, can you? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can acknowledge that like the, that like the armed forces is like a system that like preys on, you know, poor people and sells them a fucking lie, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, obviously there are members of the military that are very into it, but you know, you I can, can build a career, I can obviously, but not everybody's yeah, build I can, a career. Exactly. Like I can obviously like sympathize and, and be supportive in that regard and like support veteran organizations. But like it's sure. just this I this idea that like if you're criticizing it that you're like eating at the fabric of like the people who like served it. It's like, dude, motherfucker, like if what well, you're saying is that these people served for us, like it, the, one of the the first amendment is to be able to criticize this exact kind of shit. Well, of course, I mean, know? let's nip that argument in the bud right now. You cannot support somebody while they're off at war, but support them when they get back home afterwards. Like that's, that's, that's again, I don't necessarily have to agree with what you did to know that when you come back, you're still a human and that you've probably seen some pretty fucked up shit. And then it's going to change you. You know uh, it's like what happened when, when, again, bring it back to Vietnam. Soldiers came back really fucked up from the Vietnam war and people spat on them. Uh, you know, I mean, look at now, look at the rhetoric now, look at Trump. He's sitting there going, I don't like losers when he talks about it. He's sitting there and go, what the fuck is that about? Uh, I, I don't know. You, uh, tying it all back to Iran to sort of put a pin in the whole conversation, you know, it'd be the very much I see the same as Iraq. If we were to go in and, and take out their infrastructure, there's still the argument of what happens to all those people now that you've destroyed their government structure. And do they want Americans there? Do they want the military there? No, no, they don't most likely. And so our presence is nothing more than a nuisance that's going to be addressed. Same thing that happened in Iraq. We went in, created a massive power vacuum and then left before we finished the job because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. If we, if the next war is not going to be any different, it won't, but most assuredly there will be one. Yeah, it's, um, it is. It's it's pretty fucked up. Uh, so, all right. Well, now that we're on that depressing note, uh, we can move on <laughs> to again. Well, no, I do. I do enjoy the idea of a format of you know we like we talk about you know something positive. You know, we can delve into it, uh, talk about something negative. But then sure. I, I would like to move back to something positive. I don't want it to be all doom and gloom. All right, someone else uh, gonna have to talk. Then I'm only yeah. I'm only so negative. right right now right now uh, the pro act is uh, was passed in the house. 
last Tuesday. Um, you know, even for Democrats, this is, you know, one of the largest pro-labor uh, pieces of legislation that we've seen uh, in a long time, which I, you know, uh, pretty, pretty surprised by it. it as it currently stands, uh, it would completely repeal uh, all right to work laws uh, nationwide, uh, which is huge. Now, obviously, the ability to uh, the ability to uh, fight this, you know, ben, I'm, sure ben, that, ben, I'm sure that the individual ben, states will fight it. What? Sorry to cut you off. Uh, before you move on, can you explain the 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 law it will repeal, and then the what is the act uh, going to do for laborers, please? Because I myself don't even understand it properly. Got it. Um, so essentially, like, what what a right to work law does is it is it takes away uh uh it essentially like it prohibits um union security agreements uh right. which i'm sure ian would be able to speak to a lot better than i could um well it gets I'm, if i'm not mistaken it uh basically just neuters collective bargaining rights and the ability to negotiate a contract or to have mandatory union dues um, and, and then it's um, they can they can fire you for basically no reason. It's it's not a right to work. It's a it's a right to be fired. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. It's a it's not a, a very uh, right to work. yeah. The, the 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 right to work movement was like a huge huge part of uh, the the Koch brothers uh, political revolution, and it was very successful, especially in states like Wisconsin. Um, it's been a very uh, it's been a very uh, brutal, brutal hit to labor. Um, so, you know, in that regard, if the pro act does make it through the Senate, uh, it would be huge. Um, you know, and it would obviously be huge, uh, for company, you know, for workers of companies like Amazon and Alabama right now who are, you know, trying to unionize. So solidarity, um, you know, all the, all the support in the world. Uh, so, you know, the pro act would obviously be, um, you know, a, a, a step in the right direction. Uh, I haven't looked too much into the nitty gritty of, you know, what could be bad about it. Um, you know, this is the Democrats, so I'm sure that there's something in there that I don't like. But, uh, you know, a step in the right dire direction for labor is definitely important. So don't know if you guys have anything to add. I mean, I'm just like, I obviously would love for it to end because that's how I got let go from my last company was based on a, a work to write issue because they had no reason to fire me. but. They made one up and then put that as the official reason and let me go. And yeah. uh, I had absolutely Basically, no everyone's recourse. an employee at will. Yeah, I had no recourse. I couldn't unless it was them firing me because they were it was some sexual orientation issue or or based in racism or some sort of direct discrimination. Um, they could let me go for whatever reason. And no matter what they put down, it didn't matter if it was truthful or if it was a lie. All that matters is that they were letting me go and citing a reason. And now every single place I go to apply, if they go back, like if they contact HR at my old company and go, hey, why was this guy let go? They're going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, he did these things. doesn't matter what it is. It's just right there. So but what's done. really what's really like fucking weird about like a lot of people is like. I know a lot of people, especially who are, are my parents' age, who have this like attitude that, you know, they'll do things like they'll, you know, when, when like a, you know, when a grocery store strikes, uh, you know, they'll always support them. You know, they, they won't, they won't go in and shop there. 
Um, no scabs. But they tend to, yeah, they're they're not they're not scabs, but they tend to like bitch about unionization like as a whole Agreed. like they're not Agreed. like they support it like on like a local level but like not as a whole and i'm like what kind of weird fucking like reaganomics bullshit are you still like running off of that? Like, well, it that you, like, the, a lot of locally, the but, large like, unions are incredibly corrupt bloated yeah. uh they're not worker unions it's all the hoffa they're, they're top down the the yeah it, it it's exactly it goes back to the hoffa corruption yeah it, it really right. does um, and it's tarnished the the public opinion of unions for decades now, and it's mm-hmm. it's because they, it, it is it is they're they're awful, corrupt, bloated institutions that are authoritative, top down. They're not worker centric, yeah. labor well, unions. Well, yes, a huge fight. In there. that case, what's the solution? Because if if we're saying that we want Balance. unions. Yeah, no, but then, we'll, but we'll, then, if the unions themselves are corrupt, then where do like uh, we need to organize uh, outside of those industries and strengthen the unions? Like teacher unions aren't perfect; they're much better than something like the plumbers union. Um, and you need I to start speak. organizing things like grocery workers, healthcare workers. You need to organize on the ground of these large well, industries, manufacturing, and. Uh, you know, take over the leadership too. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny because like there have been like a lot of people who have been not like overly critical of like the teachers' unions right now, but like have been kind of like, man, like I can't believe like they're getting away with this. I'm like, don't you wish that like at your job you could just be like, you know, yeah. like hey, fuck you, we're not doing this. And, and like, it's also like this that they're blaming <laughs> the teachers for things that are not even at the teacher yeah. uh, union level. Like the unions aren't deciding when we go back to school. Let's not fool anyone. Uh, oh, yeah, we'd get that directive from everywhere. the state. That argument's right. everywhere, though. Uh, we're going back in April uh, yep. full time because not because we decided that because Commissioner are, Riley of the Department of uh, I'm getting vaccinated this Friday. Um, nice. I, I took the technique of uh, having really poor executive functioning skills until the point where they just set up a a clinic at my school. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Well, good for you. I mean, here in Vermont, I'm not going to be able to get it until potentially just before the summer. Like, if I get the vaccine, Massachusetts this spring, is opening it to excited. everyone April 19th. Yeah, I yeah. might. Uh, I might see. It's all about where I can schedule one to get it the soonest. Because if I Dude, have to drive there, four hours, the then important I, hey, I thing is, it. Rory, if you like, since I mean, no offense, you do have the time. Uh, spend, like, you. Spend, spend time on <laughs> spend time on Twitter. There are all sorts of like accounts you can follow that will kind of like mm-hmm. let you know like what places tend to like have extra doses like right now like I've in been western looking. mass like i'm going to be encouraging my mom even though she's in the next phase i just want her to get it as soon as possible she's like 64 oh and, and it's, it's a mess still yeah. like even yeah, though i'm like eligible UMass, i had to U- wake up at like 3 a.m on a thursday and and be lucky like it was fucking really? drake well, tickets yeah and like you umass <laughs> amherst right now umass amherst like i just heard today that like on fridays at like 4 p.m that's like the end of the week and there's like almost always extras and it's just whoever comes here's first the thing, come then. first serve i've been trying very very hard to find that here in vermont because the same thing is happening here but for whatever reason those entities aren't 
telling people about it. They're just mm. fucking getting rid of it. People are pissed. Can I, can I, okay, I'm, elderly I'm gonna, in Vermont are, for whatever reason, showing up less than they are in other yeah, I'm going to give you some tips. Okay, so I'm... I'm Drive six I'm hours worried. to get the vaccine from you. I got no, it, Nas. I heard you. No, it, it's not that. It's not that. I'll, I'll <laughs> explain. Okay, so this is how it's working, mostly. Because I, I am an immunizer, so I've been vaccinating people for the last, like, month. So this is what happens when we get the vaccine. Like, so we will have our allocation for the day. So, and you will always, always, you'll never ever have, like, if there are 60 people scheduled, there'll never ever be a case where all 60 of them show up. So they'll always have cancellations. And the thing is, if you open the vaccine, if you open a, a vial, those vial is only good for six Or take hours. it out of deep freeze. Yeah, if you take it out of deep freeze for Pfizer, it's it's good for five days. Um, Moderna is thirty days. Um, uh, Johnson and Johnson doesn't even need a deep freezer, so they're they're good for like until expiration. So they, that's why. Um, and but the thing is, if you open the vial, is the is the key point here. So if you puncture the vial, they're only good for six hours for Pfizer and Moderna. So that's what will happen. So at the end of the day, if there's an open vial, and they they these places will be scrambling for people. Like there are times when we throw out vaccine because we just can't find people to vaccinate. At the end you of the monster. day, sorry, go on. No, but there's nothing you R- can do. Rory, you should fucking drive six. No, hours no, no I'm not kidding. This. Oh, this, so, so this is a this is a, like I'm not telling you to go to your local pharmacy and hog them at me. five p.m. every day. This, this is not what I'm saying, but it is not a bad idea <laughs> to do yeah. it. So if you go to your local Walgreens. Um, and I like or CVS and you if you're there at 5 p.m. Usually the last appointments are 530 and six o'clock. If you're there at 5 p.m. and they have had like three or four cancellation, which will they will 100 percent have because I did a vaccine clinic today and there were four cancellations when I left at 4 p.m. Uh, they will ev- they'll almost certainly have so they will take walk-ins and these space like we get calls like like so many calls, so many phone calls. And like our wait, we have a wait list that's like well over a month long right now because there's no, we stopped taking names on our wait list. There's just no point because none of these people will ever get calls. So we just, we just been telling people, is it show up, just show up. If you're lucky, you'll get it. If you're not lucky, then show up tomorrow. So that's, that's my advice to, to you, Rory. Um, and and I'm not shocked at all that this is. Oh, and, where and the we're thing at. with thing with no, Ian, um, as far as I know, I, I I'm really honestly surprised that it took you so long because uh, yeah, New York yeah. New York um, made teachers eligible about two weeks ago, and yeah, like, we were about a week and a half, and it's been chaos. Well, uh, the technique I, most that, are using is uh, you go to CBS. You sign up as Hawaii and start the application process. You let it expire, and then it somehow like pings your IP address and rings you back to Massachusetts. So this is this. So you're jumped ahead in the line. I mean, I've I've gone on. I I know people are getting on when they show up, and it's like by the time they fill out their name, they're gone. Okay, this is at like four in the morning. This this is where this is this is how I don't understand where because I'm at the other end of that line where i'm the one giving out the like you know giving vaccines bastard and and the the my issue is there were times on saturdays and sundays 
where we were calling people is like, do you know anybody who works in schools? Like we were begging people. It's like, I need, give me anybody who is a teacher or anybody who even is a janitor in a school. Like we'll take it. Well, like, you, you're, we you're making the people. assumption that the sign up process and the actual exactly. execution so, of it are in any way aligned. No, that's the, and that's where the frustration is. Like I, it's, I'm not saying it's your fault, Ben. I'm not like, I'm not saying it's a teacher's fault. It's right. obviously there's a gap in communication somewhere Fucking where teachers. it's just <laughs> to be fair. I I tried not very hard personally because I just had a feeling they would open up a clinic at the school and I was right. So okay. I, I failed into getting one. Okay, that's fair. But it's like, I, 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 don't, I honestly don't understand where, where we're going wrong, where we can't vaccinate people that want the vaccine. And there are a ton of, I think the bigger problem is the ton of people who don't want the vaccine or like will offer, offer it to them. And I know way too many people who just don't want it yeah and, yeah like, I, I feel like, like yeah. i my mom who's like such a rule follower has been like absolutely killing me because i'm like you should be aggressive about it and just like try to go get it now and she's like i don't want to jump in line in front of anyone and i'm like they're throwing the fucking things away just go get them like just yeah, yeah, please yeah. for the love of god like i know you want to be good but like you're 64 like you've had cancer like do I mean team. like no one can really judge you? Yeah. Like you're, yeah, I would have begged. Like, like it, it, it yeah. is literally your turn. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. So it's like for Christ's sakes. I'm like it's like it doesn't. It, it's like one thing if like someone like myself does it, but like when you're like 64 years old, like you still like it's good for society for you to get it, regardless of if you get it like three weeks early. Like just yeah, exactly. go fucking get yeah, because <laughs> we need people like her to be vaccinated so that you know they you know they don't get sick and then. You know, like, well, as that's, long and, as yeah, and that's how these things work is the idea is you don't like wager it, uh, wager it out. Like, you want to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as possible. Like, if right. more people, young people are vaccinated, it's going to help the old people who are no longer going to get exposed. Exactly. So, it's like right, the young right. people, uh, yeah, yeah, like young true. people getting vaccinated is still super positive because the like they're the ones out and about doing a ton of shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they should, they should be vaccinated. No, not saying that they should like jump in line. I'm jump in line. Like, yeah. I just don't, I, I'm yeah. just saying, I just am like, I don't get super yeah, like, just worried from a about practicality it. standpoint. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's only helping every person that gets like, vaccinated. Look, look, listen, if you, if you get your vaccine and you like, that will prevent you from getting sick and taking up a hospital bed from somebody else who needs that hospital bed like you're doing this you're doing society a favor yeah but think of it that way that so you're saving a hospital bed like a month down the line or something it'll be interesting to see how many people end up getting it like when the dust is cleared on the other side because i do keep seeing reports of people like i'm not getting that vaccine I'm not no, getting I, it. I, rory the thing is i i also feel like there are more and more people are like because it has been five months since, mm-hmm. or it's, it's been four months since Pfizer got uh, approved. So I think more and more people are getting more and more like trust on the vaccine. Yes and no. I mean, I again, I, it, no, I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's regional, man. I really do. I think okay, you're in yeah, New York and you're seeing true. a lot of positive notes from people in the cities because <laughs> there tends to be. I mean, let's just be honest. Cities tend to be uh, more liberally minded people. I feel like that the the more liberal you get, the more you're gonna sit there and see pragmatically why you should get the vaccine. I mean, I'm looking at it and I've had people sit there and yeah. go, "Rory, you got sick. You probably don't need it." I'm going, "I'm getting that shit." 
like 100%. I think people are going to start to feel like, feel like they need to get it when they realize that they're not going to be able to like travel internationally without having it. And like the reality is, is like, I know that, you know, like there's a lot of Americans who don't travel outside of a a select few countries, uh, but they're not going to want to be prevented from going to them. You know, it's just, it's, I just can't wait for them to call it fascism when they can't get on that plane. I can't wait to see those videos. Well, what's so funny about it is like you have like there's a lot of countries where you have to prove you're vaccinated for certain things to go Mm -hmm. into them, and they like it's like it's no different. (laughs) Can I give you an example of a country that requires vaccines for you to enter? Like uh, most the United States of America. My wife had to get get some vaccines before she got her visa. This is three months ago. I'm not even kidding. And I mean, I've seen people who made that rhetoric and they go, it's ridiculous that if I want to visit another country, I might have to get vaccinated. Yeah, you're for COVID. Fucking I said, does the same. Well, I, I thought it was, I just said to him, I said, oh yeah. I remember that time that you went to Africa and, and you, you didn't get vaccinated for malaria. Do you remember that time? Oh wait, that's because everybody who goes there has to get that vaccine. You moron. This is totally commonplace shit. This is how it's always been. If you don't know that it's because you probably Never cared to know, but don't pretend like you understand it on the other end. That's what pisses me off. I thought it was pretty funny when like my neighbor who is like an older guy is like 66 and he's a Trumper and he has told me that he is very much not getting the vaccine. Uh, Like he was in the Marine Corps for like 10 years and like he like is so into it. Like he has like he has like Marine shit all over. I mean, like he's a nice enough guy, but he's he's fucking weird. And like um. He like it's just so funny to me that he's like so like against it, and I'm like, dude, when you entered the Marine Corps, they stuck so much shit in your ass, yes, like, and like you like all you do is talk about how much you fucking love the Marine Corps. It's like all these guys did was pump you full of shit. You had no fucking yeah. idea what it was. And if the military was sitting there going, <laughs> "Get your COVID vaccine, soldier," they'd probably be sitting there doing it. But you don't see reports like there's no where, where's that advertisement coming out? It's patriotic to do your duty and get the vaccine. So, so guys, the other bit is like, what do you, what do you think about I? Like I, I'm split on how what to think. Like, do you think Biden's administration has done well with the vaccine rollout? Like, I not at all. Okay, yeah. So I don't think that I don't think that the infrastructure like existed. I think that it's been so did in New York. Yeah, I think it's been so. Yeah, exactly. It did in New York, and they fucking got rid of it. But like, it's 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 like Mm. they've chipped away at what would have been the system to to distribute this so heavily that like it's just. I I don't know, man. It's I mean, like I think Biden is has like not done anything particularly great with it. But I'm also like, even if well, he here, here's the problem, he's left something like vaccination up to the states. The states yeah, well, that, are running the vaccination. Part, I just don't understand. Right. I just right. Don't like, right. What do you have the federal government for? Is things like when there's a pandemic and we all need to get fucking vaccinated. Right. That's need, what the federal government need, is for. Yeah, you need and, her to get that put national... it to the states, and that's yeah. and that's his flaw. Yeah, right. No, I just don't understand. Everybody's that. on a different page. You, you know, right. the funniest thing is yeah. Utah is like bottom of all 50 states in vaccinating their people. I, just, I, don't, know, I don't know why. Just Mormons. Me, uh, yeah, it's, Mormons. yeah, it's the Mormons. Latter yeah. day, uh, what is it? I believe it's specifically Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, can't. No, that's blood transfusions. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Um, but there there are some. Well, like it, the Johnson know. and Johnson one is, uh, you know, apparently aborted babies. 
<laughs> oh, isn't that fun? I didn't want that one anyways. So at least I'm, at least I'm safe there. <laughs> I wanted that Ooh. one because it was one shot. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. I was like, but isn't I it like seventy percent? Isn't it like a seventy percent? No, okay. So can, can, I don't can care. I, I'm I, young and healthy. No, dude, dude, seventy percent. What? No, wait, <laughs> wait, hang on. There's a, there's a catch because Pfizer and Moderna did most of their testing uh, in the U.S., um, whereas Johnson and Johnson did their testing um, in South Africa, Brazil, like all over the world. So their seventy percent number is it's it's a completely squared number. I, I if I if I were You're saying you, it's based on a larger sample, it's based on a like okay the South African variant it's probably more accurate than the other ones. Yes, and also it's probably more accurate. And if I were you, like to get whatever you can get your hands on, like yes, oh, I, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna I, go. Yeah, with. I don't give a yeah. shit. Shoot that shit. Yeah, in but, my arm. but honestly, like, honestly, yeah. the Johnson Johnson is a like the most easiest one because it's first of all it's easy to transfer like it's been a lifesaver for us because we can now do clinics uh we can take like extras with us like we can vaccinate people who walk in like we don't have to turn people away we don't have to worry about like this shit expiring at the end of the night uh, or scambling for people is because if you don't, well, you don't have to worry you, about having to have them come in for their second shot right, either. You, you don't have to worry about them. scheduling them for a second shot because say if you go to if you, say if you go to like the synagogue we went to yesterday to do a vaccine clinic, we don't have to worry about going back there four weeks from now, right? So because we did we did Jansen and okay, <laughs> yeah, Jeez, pretty anti-Semitic. Get out of there have to go back. Jesus Christ! Well, we went. To, we what went a to lifesaver! You don't oh, have to go man. back to the synagogue. Sorry, wow. that's what Gosh. I heard too, you guys. Jesus. That's what I heard too. Jesus. Yeah, I hear some. I hear some. I hear some. And also, the thing is, we took. We we had. We took three hundred. Is, is that a we dog whistle? Is anyone getting that through here? <laughs> it's really high pitched. <laughs> We're about to get canceled. So we took three hundred <laughs> doses. Motherfucker, with I'm canceling you as I speak. <laughs> You're a Dr. Hilarious. Seuss book, Nas. Nice. Yeah, no, you know what? We can we can we can wrap this up. Right <laughs> I'm coming to visit. You're gonna stick that needle in my arm, Nas. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm certified to do so. So. Does anyone have any last thought on the on the COVID shit? Just so it gives it like that, because we're obviously gonna have to. Yeah, you know, and seriously, like, honestly, it. like my final thought is just that uh, I do keep having moments that like it does hit me that I'm like, oh my god, like there's a light at the end of the tunnel of this yeah. thing, and it does it does genuinely feel like so fucking good just knowing that that this is gonna end, and that like even though stuff is still pretty dark, that like at least I can like get hammered at a bar again and not feel bad about it. <laughs> you know? like I'm coming to visit. We're, yeah. we're all, we're all, we are all definitely going to have to find a way. Yeah. To I have, have to do a progr progressive, drinks. progressive rants live show. Yep. Get, get like our, our 10 listeners all in the same area. Yeah. Some coffee yeah. shop. Again. Who are these guys again? Yeah, we yeah. can do it at Nobile's restaurant. Hey, I'm looking for a trip after all this is done. I'd like to go take a nice trip somewhere. I think, I think for me, speak. Uh, I, same as man. I just, I, I'm just yeah, so there's, glad. There's a that light this at the thing, end of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so right until COVID twenty one. Yeah. No. Nah, exactly. Uh, ho uh, no. Hopefully not. The other yeah. one is. Uh, I, I mean, don't know why they don't call the uh, variants COVID twenty. I don't understand that. 
Who cares? Oh, you really want to confuse people, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's a Philippine Filipino variant that's um, being investigated, which is not fun. You got any, you got anything to say about the Filipinos too? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we already cut around the last one. Don't do it again, right? <laughs> Uh, bye guys. <laughs> Wrap it up, gents. Wrap it up. Uh, I'm timing this, and you know the real Asians. Yeah.